Hello, and welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host for today, Emma Sandler, Glossy's beauty and wellness editor. It's no surprise that medical aesthetic products like Botox and Juvederm are commonly sought after and used by millions of Americans every year. But what may be surprising is how comfortable people have become at discussing such treatments. And that is in no small part due to the tremendous work that Allergan, the maker of Botox and Juvederm, has put into transforming the medical aesthetic market. Here to discuss this transformation, among other topics, is Carrie Strom, the Senior Vice President of AbV and President of Global Allergan Aesthetics, who has served in this role since May 2020. Prior to joining AbV, Carrie served as Senior Vice President of U.S. Medical Aesthetics at Allergan beginning in May 2018, overseeing the aesthetic portfolio for the multi-billion dollar U.S. business. Carrie, welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me, Emma. So there is a lot to unpack today, not only because Allergan has a large portfolio, but also because there always seems to be something happening from a brand perspective. But the most recent news, and one that I covered with Glossy, was the FDA approval of Skin Vive by Juvederm, and I think that's a good place to start. Can you tell our audience a bit more about this product and what it adds to the Allergan portfolio? Yes, thank you for the question, Emma. We're always so happy to talk about our new products, specifically Skin Vive most recently. I think one thing that Allergan Aesthetics does very well is to identify unmet needs in the market, new opportunities to better serve our customers who are the healthcare providers who administer our products, and of course, the consumers who are the patients who use our products. And in the case of Skin Vive by Juvederm, we identified a clear unmet need for a product that did something different than what Juvederm does now. And Juvederm products, many of us know, play an important role to contour, to plump, to fill. But Skin Vive does something different. And Skin Vive really is more about skin quality. And in launching SkinVive, we're also launching a whole new incremental category of injectable skin quality. It's about hydration, glow, really overall skin health. And in creating this new category, we're creating new opportunities and solutions for our patients and our providers. And that's really what it's all about, is being able to build new markets, create new markets. Allergan Aesthetics has been doing this for decades, and we see it as our responsibility to continue to do it now and in the future. SkinVive is a great example of it. SkinVive has actually been available in other parts of the world for, for quite a while. And this created a nice opportunity for us to learn about what we knew worked in markets like Europe and Canada and be able to leverage those learnings to really maximize the launch of SkinVive here in the U.S., and we've been very pleased with the market reception and how uh, happy our patients are and how our customers continue to, to choose SkinVive for their patients. Is the intention moving forward to turn SkinVive into as big a household name as Botox? Well, yes, Botox absolutely is a household name. Uh, but when I think about it, you know, decades ago when Allergan launched Botox, it wasn't necessarily intended to be a, a household name, it really declared itself as a household name um, over time because it had such an impact 
in defining the aesthetics market and providing such an important solution for patients and for our customers. So when it comes to SkinV, we, we really just want to do the same thing, which is focus on maximizing this product, making sure that we're doing everything that we can to build a market for it, educate consumers, train and empower our customers, and then really the rest will take care of itself. I find it really interesting that SkinVive falls under this skin quality type of category. Uh, and I, I would love to kind of unpack that a little bit further because that seems like a new dimension to the concept of injectable aesthetics, uh, at least with respect to the U.S. market than what we've seen before. You're absolutely right. Skin quality is a new category for injectables. But when you think about it, skin quality has been something that consumers and our customers have been interested in a while through topical skincare, through facials, through laser treatments. And one thing we know in aesthetics is that multimodality is a great approach depending on what the patient needs. Now with SkinVive, we've created this injectable micro droplet hyaluronic acid solution, which is such a nice new option for patients. So the way our providers and our customers have been talking about how they use SkinVive in their practice is in two ways. One is for the patients they already have who might currently be a Botox cosmetic patient or a Juvederm patient. They use it as the icing on the cake or the cherry on top. In other words, they are addressing their other needs with Botox and cosmetic and Juvederm. But with SkinVive, they're able to give them that overall skin quality finishing effect. The other way that we hear our customers using it is as the entry point or the way that they, the consumer is starting their aesthetic journey. So first and foremost, their treatment paradigm with their provider is to address their skin quality concerns. And then from there, they go on their journey to add Botox, cosmetic, Juvederm, or anything else that they, their provider finds is appropriate for them. So really, it can be the starting point, or it can be something that is incremental to what they're already doing. What does the modern aesthetic patient look like regarding age, characteristics, behaviors, all of that type of stuff? So we think a lot about the aesthetic consumer and who are they? How do we find them? How do we best educate them? How do we create products that can best um, address all of their aesthetic concerns? So we think about it less in demographics now versus in individuality and in a patient by patient perspective. One thing we've learned in terms of what people are trying to address with aesthetics treatments is that it's very individual and that when it comes to aesthetic outcomes, one of us is not all of us. And to really preserve that individuality, we have looked to uh, be inspired with our marketing campaigns by real people. So of course, you know, celebrities and influencers, and they all play a role in the marketing ecosystem across all different categories. But what we found with aesthetics and with a product specifically like Botox Cosmetic is the most compelling representation that consumers really relate to are real people. Real people just like them who are using Botox Cosmetic for very unique and individual reasons. And that's really the modern aesthetic patient in our mind is it's no longer this idea of 
like a, a 40 year old woman in a certain zip code who's using this product. It's about all people that can have access to it. And that's one of the most, one of really the best parts of this market in my mind is that all of us are potential users of these products. It's our neighbors, it's our colleagues, it's our sisters, our brothers. And so we think it's just a great responsibility we have to make sure that we can represent all people who are interested in these products, regardless of demographic. I mentioned at the top of the show how people are much more comfortable talking openly about the treatments that they've received, such as Botox or Juvederm or any of the other Allergan portfolio products. How much credit would you give to yourself and to Allergan for having pushed that cultural change with campaigns like Real People versus there being a natural tipping point that enough people have been receiving these treatments that they naturally began to talk to their friends, neighbors, or anyone else about it? Well, I completely agree, Emma, that there has been such great progress towards normalizing these treatments and destigmatizing aesthetics as a choice that patients and people have to really feel like the best versions of themselves. Now, do I give Allergan credit for that? Well, I can give Allergan credit for developing these products that are so effective and safe and proven and backed by science like Botox Cosmetic and Juvederm. But truly, the credit goes to our customers. The credit goes to the healthcare providers that we partner with day in, day out, all over the world, whose number one focus is to provide the absolute best patient care to their clients, their consumers. And that's really what has made this market grow so much, be so attractive and so exciting for so many people. Full credit goes to our customers, the healthcare providers out there. In the case of Botox, to what do you owe the ongoing success? I mean, being first to the market is significant, but it doesn't always guarantee ongoing success. Yes. So Botox Cosmetic has maintained its position as the clear market leader for more than 20 years that it's been on the market. And I don't think that being first to the market, to your point, is necessarily the reason why. I, I think there are a few other very important reasons why Botox Cosmetic has defined the aesthetic space and continues to be the flagship product within it. Um, number one is Botox Cosmetic is simply a great product that works. It delivers consistent and natural results so well for so many people for so many years. And that has created a trust in the product. And, and as consumers are considering getting into the sex category, using a product like Botox Cosmetic, trust, heritage, this is a really important attribute. And so I think that's been a really great thing for Botox Cosmetic, the reputation and the fact that people can really count on it. Number two would be what I was just speaking about a minute ago, would be our customers, the healthcare providers that use our products, the skilled injectors that deliver Botox Cosmetic all over the country and all over the world. They are the ones who really put Botox Cosmetic into action, and they're the ones that their, their patients trust. And the number three is it would be about the science. Yes, we launched this product uh, you know, almost new, a little bit more than 20 years ago, but we have not stopped there. We continue to invest in data generation, in science, 
in more publications, in more areas of the face for approval. In fact, Botox Cosmetic is the only brand that's indicated for three areas of the face. And we continue to study even more with more new indications coming. That is important because this is a pharmaceutical product that we want to continue to be supported and based by in science. And then also the more indications that we study and that we get approved by the FDA, the more that we can help our injectors get trained on the appropriate, safe, effective use to use these products. Some neuromodulator competitors have tried to lean into the idea of a longer lasting form of a neuromodulator. Is this something that Botox is looking at in terms of developing longer lasting versions of itself? Or what are your thoughts on this approach that others are trying to take to the market? Well, let's start with what consumers are really interested in when they're looking to start a toxin. And what we found is, despite the fact that so many people are interested in this category, it's still highly underpenetrated. And when we try to unpack why, really the number one reason why somebody's interested and hasn't used a product like Botox Cosmetic is because of a fear of an unnatural result. That's really where Botox Cosmetic delivers. Like I said, we have the decades of experience, the trust, the science. And that's really uh, a, a sweet spot for Botox Cosmetic and is very important. And so along with that is there is an efficacy profile that our customers and our consumers can count on. And we have found that that really is the recipe for success in this category. That's why this has become the you know, most commonly used product in aesthetics. It's often the, the first product they use in their aesthetics journey. So as we look to innovate in the future, we absolutely have a broad toxin portfolio that we are looking to innovate on um, now and in the next you know, 10 years. But it all comes back to Botox Cosmetic, despite multiple new toxins that we'll be launching and other companies will be launching. We know that Botox Cosmetic will continue to be the cornerstone of the toxin market and really the overall aesthetics market. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the rest of our conversation. How do you anticipate the patient population, how it will change in the next decade, especially as Gen Z begins to enter the market? I don't know about you, but my TikTok is filled with 12-year-olds trying to engage in anti-aging topical skincare. So I'm sure it's... uh, I'm sure Botox will be something they're also very interested in at a more appropriate age, hopefully. Yes, we are seeing more and more people interested in these products. Emma, like you said, they're they're being more normalized, um, less stigma around these products, which, which is great. And we have seen more as people are growing up in more of an aesthetics generation, more interest and acceptance. And so how we're seeing that translate in terms of age would be if the typical aesthetics patient used to be starting her journey at 50 years old, now we're seeing the average age more like in the early 40s. And so, yes, we are seeing people start younger um, and that younger is more like 40s. And so what do we think that this will do as it continues in the future? You mentioned as Gen Zs begin to enter, enter the market, we think that they're going to have you know kind of more modern expectations around how to interact with the brand. And we're really excited about our commercial technology strategy that we have at Allergan Aesthetics and our ability to meet the consumer where they are. 
one example is our loyalty program. And this is, creates a great opportunity for us to create um, an, uh, an easy to use app. We call it Alley, Alley by Allergan Aesthetics, where consumers can learn about these products, can get connected with skilled HCPs and injectors who can provide the products and then earn points and redeem points towards more products as they as they expand their aesthetics journey. So I do think the patient population will continue to expand. I do think as people grow up with these products, there is uh, less stigma around it. And I think there'll be an expectation that the technology modernizes to really enable that relationship between the brand and the patient and the consumer, which is really what Allergan Aesthetics is focused on. Since we were just talking about younger consumers, younger patients, clearly that's a place where, you know, previously, in previous years, it's been an untapped opportunity for Allergan. I'm curious about other untapped patient populations. I know that Allergan is focused on diversity and inclusion for some time now. Allergan is absolutely focused on diversity and inclusion, Um, but diversity and inclusion isn't just important to aesthetics. It really needs to be important for every category and for everyone for a few reasons. One is that the aesthetics consumer is just by definition expanding. We just talked about that. They're becoming more diverse by the day. This is happening regardless of what a company or a manufacturer does. And so it's important that we are addressing this need and that we are making sure that our responsibility, especially as the market leader, is that we're supporting it. We're supporting it in multiple different ways, whether it be data generation, whether it be um, training and marketing. But yeah, um, we we think that is definitely going to be one of the many components of growth and expansion in the aesthetics market. How would you address critics in that case who might argue that focusing on diversity and inclusion is less about addressing the particular needs of a BIPOC group, but more about expanding the pool of potential allergen patients? Well, this goes back to doing what the right thing is for the patients. And we feel like it is our commitment. We know it's our commitment as the market leader to make sure that we are doing everything we can to deliver the absolute best patient care. And there's a few ways that we are committed to doing this. One would be in the very beginning with clinical trials. So as we are looking to study the products that we already have on the market, the new products that we have in our pipeline, we want to make sure that we have clinical trials that include patients that represent the diverse patient populations that are interested in our products, that we have clinical trial investigators that also reflect the diversity um, in our market. And so clinical trials and data generation is one very important component to making sure that we are delivering safe and effective patient care for all types of patients. Next would be injector training. So once we have the product, we need to make sure that our customers, the injectors, have everything they need to know to be able to deliver the best patient care. They can have uh, tools to have more powerful and impactful patient assessments, discussions with the patient about really hearing from the patient What are they trying to achieve? What is the aesthetic outcome that they want? And that is so different for every single person. And then last would be marketing. So how do we make sure that the marketing that we have, everything from our packaging to our patient education to our advertising, truly reflects 
the diversity of our market and that patients are looking at our marketing and saying, I see myself in that. I can relate to that. So it's, it's truly a comprehensive commitment that we have through everything from trials to training to marketing. As we discuss some of the changes that we've seen in the patient population, the introduction of skin feed, the potential for more moving forward, what does the future of aesthetics look like to you? Well, the future of aesthetics is is quite bright. Um, although some would call it the golden age of aesthetics now, it still seems like we're in the early innings, right? There's so many people who are interested in the category but haven't jumped in yet. And, and I think that growth is very exciting. Um, when it comes to the future, I do think that being able to continue to bring new technology into the market is really exciting. And SkinVive is a great example of that. We think about our pipelines in two different ways. We have an R&D pipeline, and then we have a technology pipeline. So what do I mean by that? Well, when I think about the future of aesthetics, I think about all of the exciting new assets that we have in our R&D pipeline, whether it's new toxin products, whether it's new filler products, whether it's new skincare products, we are committed to continuing to invest in the innovation and regulatory approval process to bring more products to market, which will help address more patients' needs, which will help to grow the market. I also mentioned we have what we call a technology pipeline. And we referred to this when we were discussing the evolving patient, the patient getting younger and what their expectations are around interacting with brands. And that's where our alley technology pipeline is very exciting, not only on the consumer side, where we continue to have really, really high impact, high engagement products, technology products that our consumers can interact with, but also on our customer side, where we have an entire alley for business strategy with a comprehensive suite of products that can help make our customers more efficient, more productive, and take better care of their patients. So the future is quite bright as we continue to innovate with both R&D technology and with commercial technology. Is there appetite for growing the Allergan Aesthetic Portfolio via acquisition? Yes, there's absolutely an appetite to to, to have an acquisition or an external science strategy. So mm. as, I, as I share our excitement around the R&D pipeline, of which we have you know, a lot of new products to look forward to in the future, we understand there's also white space. There's areas where we don't currently have R&D programs in place. And that's where the acquisition or the external business development strategy comes in. And we say, where is there um, an opportunity for us to bring something in that we don't already have in our pipeline? And I'll share an example in the last few years of, of this. We were able to acquire a company called Luminera. Luminera has what we call hybrid fillers. So, of course, we have um, a very innovative pipeline of hyaluronic acid or HA fillers, and Juvederm is the leader in this space right now. But we saw an opportunity to expand to a hybrid filler, which is an HA plus a biostimulatory element. It's a very unique asset. And in acquiring Luminera, we were able to bring that in to the Allergan Aesthetics family. It happens to already be on the market in some parts of the world. And so that's exciting to see the, ver the market adoption there. And then our plan would be to bring it into the U.S. and other key markets. So 
it's it's a nice nice example of looking at the pipeline we have and then looking at the white space and where we can complement our existing pipeline with external technology via acquisition. In addition to Luminera, are there other products, brands that are in foreign markets that in the future possibly you could bring to the U.S.? I'm curious what other things are not yet available in the U.S., but much like Skin Beef could be in the future. Yes, you're right. Um, Often there are products that become available in other parts of the world before they become available in the U.S. And that's the case for some of the indications in the area of the face for Juvederm. That was the case for SkinVive, which actually was called Volite in other parts of the world. And that was a learning, which was to rebranded as skin vive to be able to properly differentiate it as truly an incremental category that we were creating with skin quality. And as we look at other areas that we're excited about um, that are outside of the, the the places we continue to play, you know, there's un- huge unmet needs in aesthetics like hair growth, skin tightening. I mean, there's all sorts of unmet needs we're looking at investing in to complement the areas that we're already in. And really, like I said, create more tools for our customers, more solutions for our patients, and overall help to grow this market. In addition to all of these other products that are available in foreign markets, I'm curious, like, what excites you the most about aesthetics in general at this time? Oh, so much excites me about the aesthetics market. I guess what excites me the most is that this is just the beginning and that this is a market that is for all of us. I'm a consumer. My friends are consumers. My family are consumers. This is a market that we can all participate in. And it's not about one thing for everybody. It's not necessarily about beauty or about vanity. What I think is the root of what is really driving the aesthetics market, it's about empowering confidence. To me, aesthetics is about confidence. And we've seen that over time. We have seen, as you referred to, this market get destigmatized. Uh, the way I think about it is in the next 10 years, people will think about aesthetics the way they do about, you know, putting braces on their teeth, highlighting their hair, buying a new power suit for a meeting. These are things they do to make them feel like the best version of themselves. And again, really feel confident. And so that's what I'm most excited about, about the aesthetics market. And it's such a unique market. There's really, it's very hard to think of another market or category that is similar in that we have pharmaceutical drugs, we have medical devices that are held to the absolute highest clinical and regulatory standards. But the categories that these products are used for are not necessarily Di- you know, limited by a diagnosis code or a disease. It's really only limited by what a consumer is interested in and really what their healthcare provider thinks is the right thing for them. And so it's it's a really great category. And it's an area where um, makes people feel good about themselves. We have amazing customers who take the best care of their patients. And um, I feel very grateful to work in this category. Do you feel like aesthetic injectables receive undue criticism from the general populace? Because it's interesting what you're saying about how these items can be used to 
empower confidence in patients. But that also does mean that there was an insecurity that existed beforehand. But I also find it interesting what you have to say about in the future, people might regard it as, as simply part of their maintenance routine, if you will. And I won't pretend it's as simple as getting one's hair dyed because ultimately it is still a, a medical treatment and needs to be done through appropriate providers. But I don't disagree that people do or are starting to see it as part of their general upkeep and personal maintenance. Yes, you're exactly right. The the sort of criticism, to use your word, the stigma, that is an aesthetics category issue where, of course, there's always going to be critics, but people shouldn't people shouldn't criticize what makes you feel like the best version of yourself, what makes you really empower confidence in yourself. That being said, it is a medical procedure. And that is why it is so important that our healthcare providers have the absolute best products, have products that are backed by science and data, and have all access to as much training as possible to make sure that they're able to really deliver those safe and effective results. And so that gets back to why I'm so excited about this category and how unique I think it is. It's so, it's so unique in that it's a category, which is about, you know, aesthetics and consumer choice and really doing something that makes you feel good. But in an environment where you're held to the highest standards from a scientific and a regulatory standpoint, and we have the absolute best healthcare providers that can help administer this treatment in a safe and effective way. Well, Carrie, after this conversation, I'm equally excited about the future of aesthetics, and I can't thank you enough again for joining us to tell us at Glossy and our audience more about what it looks like at the present and the future. So appreciative. Thank you so much, Emma. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Glossy Beauty Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help us out. And of course, visit glossy.co slash beauty for even more coverage of the beauty industry. Sarah's Brooke Finer will be hosting next week. Bye.